democracy is messy. Yes. Yes, it is. That's what the man said. But does voting have to be so messy? No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. People-powered radio for the 99%. Up in Santa Barbara on 98.7 FM, San Diego on 93.7 FM, and Ridgecrest and China Lake on 99.5 FM. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM, KYAQ on the Central Coast. And 106.7 FM Queso in Cozy Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Ohio, hello Buckeye State on WGRN 94.1 FM in Columbus. And Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, streaming coast to coast and around the globe on Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, and Detour Talk in East Tennessee. And yes, blanketing planet Earth five days a week on Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker. All-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another action-packed, thrilling adventure. Yes, as Bernie Sanders says, democracy is messy. But we will see if we can clean up a little bit of it uh, in just a few minutes. Coming up, I will be joined by Dean Logan, the Registrar Recorder County Clerk for Los Angeles, the largest voting jurisdiction in these United if often dysfunctional states of America. Just a, a little more than a week out now before California, with the, uh, with the most delegates available from any single state, heads to the polls on June 7th. So it'll be good to have him here. And because in these united dysfunctional states, uh, it has been very complicated and it has been been very problematic trying to vote this year, uh, trying to oversee the counting this year. Uh, so because of that, because it's already been so complicated, our state out here in uh, California tries to throw a few more really, really confusing curveballs at the entire primary election process. We will discuss those with Dean Logan, along with maybe, if I'm lucky, some of your calls in a little bit. Uh, we are live today at KPFK. We have not been in the uh, KPFK studios for a while, while our flagship terrestrial station out here in Los Angeles has been on Fun Drive, so it is good to be back to be back with you live. Uh, and my thanks to all of you uh, uh, listeners on KPFK uh, who, uh, well, who, who supported the mission here, the uncorporatized mission during our fun drive so that we can continue to bring you real, unfiltered, unadulterated, uncorporatized 
news, information, and insight over your public airwaves here in the largest media market in the country uh, on the eve of the very tail end of the 2016 primary process and on into the general election nightmare. So thank you for all of those who uh, who pitched in to help us and to help us keep doing what we do, what we do here and uh, what we and only we do in Los Angeles on the airwaves on KPFK. Of course, my thanks to everyone else for uh, for listening, for playing along. The broadcast is heard, of course, five days a week. We're always delighted to have you uh, listen in whenever and however you can. I should note that uh, there were primary elections on Tuesday night in Washington state. Republicans uh, voted up there. You probably haven't heard much about it because, well, everybody's out of the race except Donald Trump. So he won, uh, if you must know, reportedly by a, a huge landslide, of course, 76 percent to Ted Cruz and John Kasich, who each got about 10 uh, percent each. So Trump takes all 40 available delegates in Washington state. Uh, he's just shy of the 1,237 he'll need to win the nomination for the Republican Party, which he will almost certainly get on June 7th when California, New Jersey, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana and New Mexico all hold their presidential primaries. Democrats, for the record, held a caucus in Washington state, but that was back on March 26. Uh, and if you need reminding, uh, Bernie Sanders at that caucus, soundly defeated Hillary Clinton in Washington state at the at the time, a 73 percent to 27 percent. He won 74 of the delegates in Washington state to her 27, uh, though he still remains some 300 pledged delegates uh, short of the front runner Hillary Clinton. So the primary is coming up in California where there will be some 475 pledged delegates at stake here in California alone, not to mention New Jersey has, I think it's 176, and all of those other states I mentioned. Um, so what happens here on June 7, uh, in any case, will be uh, key to Sanders' hope of uh, convincing the unpledged superdelegates to cast their vote for him at the Democratic Party convention in Philadelphia in July. At least that is his plan. That is his hope. So we've got a lot of activity out here in California after spending months on the broadcast covering what's going on in the rest of the country. Um, so we've got a lot of activity going on here ahead of that final round of primaries coming up, and we will get to some of that activity and concern Shortly, with the L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk. In the meantime, there has been concern among Bernie Sanders supporters about a video that went viral late last week. Uh, this was on Thursday, I believe, uh, with a poll worker in Orange County, a young woman. You might have seen it, a young woman by the name of Ashley Beck, telling folks... Uh, that her train she's a, she was training to be a poll worker and uh, she came home after her training and she uh, told people on this video that her trainers did not properly instruct her about how non-party preference voters out here in California, how they need to ask for a Democratic ballot in California if they wish to vote in the Democratic Party primary, which is open. Uh, to at least to non-party preference voters, NPP voters, sometimes called declined to state, unaffiliated voters, whatever you want to call. Um, 
they can vote in the Democratic primary out here if they know to ask for a, a Democratic ballot, what they call a Democratic crossover ballot. Yes, I told you it was confusing, and that's why Dean Logan is going to be here shortly to unconfuse us all. Uh, unlike the GOP primary, by the way, which is close. So if you're an unaffiliated voter, you can't vote in the GOP primary out here in California. Uh, anyway, that poll worker, Ashley Beck, had claimed she was told by the poll worker trainers that uh, unaffiliated voters who wanted to vote in the Democratic primary had to vote on a provisional ballot. That is not true. Um, instead of uh, voting on what is called, as I mentioned, that Democratic crossover ballot in California. So anyway, that's what she says she was told by the uh, by her trainers in Orange County. Uh, so I looked into this to try to figure out what was going on here. Are they misinforming poll workers in Orange County? It's a very uh, Republican county out here in uh, in California, for those of you who don't know. So I tried to look into this, tried to get some more information, and I touched base with Orange County Registrar Neil Kelly about this incident, about this video, to ask him, uh, I'm sure he had seen it, uh, I, and that uh, if he had any response to it. Uh, he wrote back almost immediately. And I know uh, I've gotten to know Neil uh, Kelly over the years as I cover elections across the country and, and certainly out here in California. And I've found Neil Kelly to be actually one of the best, uh, most responsive uh, registrars in the country, uh, certainly in California. Uh, he wrote back to me and he said, Brad, thanks for the email. We're not entirely sure what to make of that video as the day has progressed. This was on the day of. Um, the day that I believe she released it, or at least that it went viral. He said, Neil Kelly, uh, the registrar, said, uh, we surveyed many poll workers in the class in question, as well as our trainer, and they have a very different view of the interaction on the NPP issue, the non-no-party uh, preference issue. Neil Kelly said, nevertheless, in an abundance of caution, we communicated with all of our train uh, with all of our trainers early this morning to reiterate our extensive year-long effort to provide detailed training and materials related to the rights and options for NPP voters. They were perplexed at our communication as they universally responded that they clearly understood what they were taught in a, a two-week pre-training program for our poll worker trainers, not to mention that it's clear in all of our printed materials exactly how no party preference voters should be processed. And he points me to, uh, to a page uh, for, for their uh, pre-training program at ocvote.com resources. He said, at any rate, we've posted this focused video today on social media that clarifies our effort to ensure proper training of the rights and options of NPP voters. In addition, you can find one of many postings with clear information in our news clicks section at ocvote.com. Thanks again, Neil Kelly. That's how he responds to that video. And a lot of folks have... Uh, Still been uh, concerned over the past week as that video continues to go viral. People continue to ask me about it. That's the response from Orange County, California Registrar Neil Kelly, who, as I say, I have found him in the past uh, to be a very good registrar. Uh, and he's quite confused about that video and says uh, that it doesn't make sense that uh, that uh, that woman made that claim. So make of that what you will. Uh, we will uh, try to make sense of what's going on in Los Angeles County. As I said, the largest voting jurisdiction in this nation. After a quick break, Dean Logan 
the county clerk out here will join us, and uh, maybe we'll get to some of your questions as well. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. Don't touch that dial. Hey, it's Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. And while the Bradcast and Bradblog.com fight for election integrity all year around like no other media outlet in the nation, we need your support to keep doing so now more than ever. Please stop by Bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going or even just a one-time only contribution. While everyone else covers the horse race, we also keep our eyes on the track conditions that those horses are running on. Because voting systems, access to the polls, and citizen oversight of election results can make all the difference. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy by taking about 60 seconds to stop by bradblog.com donate right now. And thanks. Yes, we love it. We love L.A. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com in Los Angeles County alone. Never mind the rest of the state of California, the the largest in the union with an economy so large that it has, if it was its own country, I believe it would be the third or fourth largest nation in the world. In any event, L.A. County uh, has uh, by itself uh, almost 5 million registered voters as of the beginning of May this year in six different political parties, plus more than 1 million nonpartisan or no party preference or decline to state or NPP voters, as we now call them out here. Uh, we have more than a million and a half total permanent vote-by-mail voters in L.A. County. It is the largest and most diverse county election jurisdiction in the country. It serves uh, those nearly 5 million registered voters in 12 different languages. We have more voters in this county alone than 42 of the 50 states in the country. Yes, if L.A. County was a state, it would be one of the largest in the union. We've got 88 cities, uh, almost more than 2,500 square miles of unincorporated areas. Uh, We administer elections across 500 political districts, including uh, the five-member Board of Supervisors and the municipal government. L.A. County has nearly 5,000 polling places and recruits and trains some 25,000 poll workers for presidential general elections with a total population here in the county of almost 10 million voters. This is all in one single county. Uh, the uh, the uh, L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk is in charge of maintaining some 210 million records, not just voter registration records, but birth certificates, marriage licenses, fictitious business names, etc., this would be no easy feat for anybody, and uh, it is made all the more difficult 
by annoying questions and concerns about the upcoming very high stakes statewide presidential primary election coming here on uh, June 7th by folks like myself. Joining me now for some of those annoying questions and concerns, and maybe if we have time for some of your questions uh, at 818-985-5735, is the L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk uh, Dean Logan. Dean Logan, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Thank you. Good to talk with you, Brad. Really appreciate you making time for us today. I suspect you're kind of busy this time of year. Uh, so what are some of your big... I've got so many things i got to ask you, Dean. What, what are some of your biggest concerns, though, that you have right now about the June 7th election as we are just under two weeks out? Yeah, I, I think that the, the main thing is that this is uh, – it's really two different primaries being conducted in one. It's the, it's the partisan presidential primary happening at the same time as a statewide primary election. And we're sort of in a little bit of uncharted territory because uh, we've been under this top two primary system now for a few years. So we have a lot of voters that have never voted in a – uh, presidential primary, uh, and certainly not one where, where their ballot is going to be specific to a single party. And we also just have a lot of new voters in general. So I, I think right now what we're trying to focus on is just uh, trying to take that deep breath and try to help voters get the information they need. Monday was the, the cutoff for voter registration, so there was a big push on that. That's sort of the first important step. Mm -hmm. Now we've really migrated into, okay, now we, we know who the registered voters are for this election. Sample ballots have been out. Um, Vote-by-mail ballots are in the mail. Uh, now we want to be sure that we're addressing uh, voters' questions so that they understand what their options are, if they have options, and uh, what they need to do uh, to vote on June 7th. Now, you mentioned, Dean Logan, uh, the, the top two primary that we have out here in California, and that's different than the way we run the presidential primary. And I'll just very quickly, for those who don't know, out here now in California, we have a top two primary where all the different parties, uh, if you're running for U.S. Senate or the House, etc., all the different parties run in a single primary. And whoever ends up with the top two, the top two vote getters in the primary go on to the election in the in the fall. That's how pretty much all of the offices out here work, except for the presidential primary, which works uh, more like the traditional ones where uh, each party has their own separate primary. But even that is, frankly, stupidly complicated out here in California. No fault of yours, uh, Dean Logan, but can you give me the 30-second or, or one-minute explanation of how party voting works or is supposed to, who gets to vote and which party's primary out here in California, et cetera? Sure. So, I mean, anyone who's been following the, the presidential primary season uh, since the beginning of the year knows that there's all these different types of presidential primaries. Some states have caucuses, some have what's called a closed primary, some have an open primary. California, for the presidential primary, uh, has a hybrid of all of that. So the parties have their own rules about who they allow to participate in their uh, presidential nomination process. So in California, Three of our political parties have a closed primary, which means if you want to vote for a Republican, um, a Peace and Freedom, or a Green Party candidate for president, you have to be registered to vote with a party preference that matches that candidate. Uh, the other three parties have what's called a modified open primary, meaning if you're a Democrat, American Independent, or Libertarian, you can vote in your own party's primary, but they also will allow voters who did not declare it a, a party at all. So no party preference voters are as you say, sometimes referred to as declined estate or nonpartisan voters. Mm -hmm. 
as long as you're not registered with a particular party preference, you have the option to cross over and vote in one of those primaries. But you do have to affirmatively ask for that. So, um, you know, you also have the, the right or the option as, an, as a no party preference voter to vote a ballot that doesn't have the presidential contest on it, that just has the statewide primary on it. And I have uh, some concerns along these lines. I uh, actually received my uh, official sample ballot in the mail yesterday. Thank you very much, Dean Logan. Uh, now, I'm registered as uh, no party preference, and the sample ballot that uh, lists the candidates running in primaries for offices that I, I can vote for, like U.S. Senator, House Rep, State Assembly, judges, and so forth, but I see nothing in that booklet instructing me that I may vote in the presidential primary, in the uh, Democratic or Libertarian or American Independent Party presidential primaries. Why is it? Why is clear notice not provided to that effect to uh, non uh, no party preference voters like myself? If I received this uh, booklet in the mail and didn't follow elections uh, for a living here, I I would have no idea that I could go and and vote for the Democrats or the you know the other parties I mentioned. Well, I, I appreciate the, the, the confusion that can happen there. And again, those rules are made by the party. But I'm actually looking at the sample ballot in on, uh, I think it's page three, which is titled Information for Voters. And granted, there's a lot of information. A lot mm-hmm. of that's required by law. Uh, there, there are instructions included in that sample ballot that, that, that tell the nonpartisan voter that they can ask the poll worker at their polling place for a ballot for uh, those parties that do allow for uh, crossover voting. Additionally, if you're requesting a, a vote-by-mail ballot and you use the application on the back of your sample ballot, it has specific um, language in there about the crossover, too. Uh, again, uh, it's, not, it's not something voters deal with on a day-to-day basis, so we, uh, we understand that it's, you know, it's sort of like following a flowchart that if then you do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have we have uh, made a concerted effort to get the word out. In fact, we we did a series of robocalls, uh, email blasts to voters who have no party preference. Uh, so we've been proactively trying to get that information out to voters, um, as well as uh, responding to numerous questions that are coming in through social media outlets all the time. There was a, uh, a concern that I've seen that a card was sent out by your office, by the L.A. County Registrar's Office, that to vote by mail ballot requests had to be made by March 18, 20, uh, 2016. Is that true? Did that card go out? And if so, what happened there? Because I know that's not the actual de- uh, the deadline to request a vote-by-mail ballot. The card did go out, and, and it, that is not the deadline to request it. What that de- date was was to indicate to permanent vote-by-mail voters who were no party preference to notify them in advance before we did the initial mailing of ballots. And in, L- in L.A. County, that's 1.6 million vote-by-mail ballots that mm-hmm. go out in that first shipment, is to notify those voters uh, just what you're talking about, that, that they have this crossover option, but they have to, by party rule and state law, we have to have the signed form back indicating that they want either a Democratic, American, Independent, or Libertarian ballot. The, the March deadline that was on that postcard referred to uh, making sure that the first mail out of that ballot uh, matched their crossover request. That doesn't mean that that was the end of the option for crossover. In mm. fact, you can request a crossover ballot all the way up to Election Day, or you can go into your polling place and request um, a crossover ballot. But that was to that was the 
the deadline before we pulled the file for the initial mailing oh, of vote by mail ballots. Oh man, like it's not confusing enough. So, if someone a a, a vote by mail uh, uh, voter, uh, whether they're a permanent vote by mail voter or they specifically requested a, an absentee ballot for this specific election, if they got the wrong one or if they got one that doesn't have uh, the Democratic Party or the Libertarian Party or the uh, American Independent Party, and they want to vote in one of those primaries but they were sent a ballot that does not have those options on there. What are their options now? They, can they get another one from the county via mail, or do they need to bring it in uh, on Election Day and surrender that ballot and then get a different one at the polling place? Yes, both of those options are available. I mean, let me say a couple things on that. If, if leading up to the close of registration, uh, that voter had re-registered with a with a political party or submitted a crossover request, then uh, that will generate an automatic replacement ballot. So if you if you like in your case, if you are registered as a no party preference voter but had submitted a crossover request or re-registered to vote mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party um, before Monday, when we process that, that would automatically issue you a, a new ballot um, based on that more timely request. However, if you haven't done that, uh, you still have both the options that you mentioned. Um, At any point between now and May 31st, a voter can uh, request a replacement ballot um, of of the options that are available to them. And they always have the option of going to the polling place on Election Day. Uh, Appreciate that you made the, the, the critical point that you need to take and surrender your unvoted vote by mail ballot so that they can issue you a regular ballot. However, if you if you don't do that, if you just show up at the polling place and don't surrender, you can still you can still get a ballot. It just will be a provisional ballot because we have to make sure that you didn't also vote that vote by mail ballot. So if I did send in my vote by mail ballot and then I change either change my mind or I uh, decided, oh, I want to vote in the Democratic primary after all, uh, if I've already mailed it in, is there any option for me? Can I go to the uh, precinct and vote that day, or is it done because I've already sent in my uh, vote-by-mail ballot? No. If you if you have returned a voted vote-by-mail ballot, then you have voted in the election, and there is uh, there is no way to, to cast a second ballot in the election. Uh, I don't know if you heard uh, be, before you uh, joined us, Dean Logan, and I'm speaking with Dean Logan, the L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk, the man with the longest job title in America. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard... Uh, before I, I brought you on about that video, the concerns in Orange County from that young lady, that poll worker uh, who was instructed that uh, if they aren't registered, if they're registered as uh, uh, as she understood the lesson, if they're registered as no party preference and they want to vote as a Democrat, that they are to be given a provisional ballot. Now, your colleague, Neil uh, Kelly, says that was not uh, the way she should have been instructed. Uh, they're confused about it. But just to be clear, uh, a provisional ballot, uh, somebody like that should not receive a provisional ballot, right? They should receive what's called a Democratic crossover ballot. That is correct. And that and that is uh, covered extensively in the, the training in L.A. County. All of those training materials are available online. We have we've been responding to um, concerns about that video uh, all week. And we, we posted the, the video training that we do here in L.A. County, as well as our our written materials. So I, I I hope that that issue has been cleared up. I think the video implied that it was a statewide issue. I don't think that's the case. I think that the laws and the rules on crossover voting 
while they can be confusing, are, are clear on that point. Provisional ballots are for voters who are not listed, who show up at a polling place and are not listed in the roster, or who uh, are listed as receiving a vote-by-mail ballot but, but don't have that ballot to surrender. It is a fail-safe method of voting, uh, and, and in California, very different than a lot of states. In California, a very high percentage of those provisional ballots ultimately are validated and counted. But there, there is certainly no case where, where people are being trained to automatically issue a provisional ballot to a nonpartisan voter who wants to vote in a Democratic primary. And I see, by the way, I'm going to, uh, Desi, uh, please have uh, Ashley hang on. I see that that young lady, Ashley Beck uh, from Orange County, has actually called into the program. So uh, let her know that we will uh, get to her after the break uh, uh, to hear uh, her thoughts. Uh, thanks for calling in, Ashley. Uh, Dean Logan, uh, our provisional ballots, as I mentioned, provisionals, uh, are they counted? You hear a lot of people say, Provisional ballots, uh, they're, they're not counted unless it's a really, really close race. Uh, and then you hear other people saying, oh, provisional ballots are never counted at all. They are placebo ballots. What, what's your response yeah. on that? Yeah, neither of those things is true in California. And I think, again, this gets confusing in a national election because uh, states have different rules. Uh, there, are, there are many states on the uh, on the other coast and in the, the midsection of the country that have very restrictive rules on the counting of provisional ballots. California and, and other West Coast states uh, actually are the opposite. They, the provisional ballot is intended as a fail-safe method of voting to ensure that you're not turned away from a polling place. And actually, the statistics show in L.A. County, and I think this is consistent throughout the state, in any given election, we, we count, we validate and count uh, 85 to 90 percent of the provisional ballots that are that are cast uh, here, and there's a lot of effort that goes into that. But it's intended to ensure that if a voter shows up at a polling place, at any polling place on election day, uh, and casts a ballot, as long as we can validate that they were eligible to vote and that they have not cast a ballot anywhere else in the same election, then that ballot will be counted. So the ones that you don't count, you say, what did you say? About 85 percent do get uh, end up getting counted. Right. So the ones that don't get counted are those where we can't validate the registration, where either uh, we don't have a record of that person being a registered voter Mm -hmm. in the jurisdiction or where we have a record that they've already voted, that they returned a vote by mail ballot or voted at their home precinct. Now, I've heard from some folks uh, about concerns of voter registration roll purges out here in California, like the ones that we saw in New York uh, a few weeks ago, uh, where they're still being investigated out there in New York by the state AG and the New York City controller. Uh, Have you had many folks contacting you, Dean Logan, about either not finding themselves registered when they thought they were and they should have been, or about being uh, registered with a different party than they thought that they were registered with, where their registration was actually changed from one party to another? Have you had that problem? Uh, And if so, what can uh, voters like that do if uh, at this point if they find that to be the case? Yeah, so this is this is one of those things that that um, again, I'm glad you asked about that because it's another one of those things that being on the tail end of the primary process and in, in what's obviously a very uh, very highly charged uh, presidential contest, uh, you're sort of picking up the pieces of what's happened in other states mm-hmm. and. And we anticipated that, so we actually did a lot of outreach to encourage people before the the Monday 
voter registration cutoff to verify their registration. Look up, make sure your information's correct. In particular, check the party preference because, as I said earlier, this is one of the first time for, for many voters, one of the first times that they will vote where they have to have a party-specific ballot. Um, so, you know, a lot of people point to the, the New York purge uh, story that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there was a lot of discussion about what happened in the Arizona primary where, where they have a fully closed primary and nonpartisan voters were not permitted to vote. Um, those things are not the case in California. I mean, we, we don't have a, a, an automatic purging of the voter rolls. Um, you can follow the statistics um, in L.A. County, and you can see that there hasn't been a huge variation. If, if anything, the, the rolls have grown rather than retracted. Um, so while we did get a lot of inquiries about that, uh, there, there's nothing really to indicate that those are issues in L.A. County or in California, because we simply have different uh, different laws and regulations mm-hmm. around those processes. I, I uh, since you mentioned Arizona, they also had a situation there where they had some. Uh, I believe it was 211 uh, polling places in Phoenix back in 2012, and that was uh, brought down to 60 polling places this year when you had, uh, you know, contested races on uh, both the Democratic and Republican side. Now, there were some other changes in Phoenix where, uh, you know, voters could vote in theory at any of those polling places. So it was a little bit different. There was a little bit of a reason for that change. But have we had any major changes, Dean Logan, in the uh, in the precincts this year in Los Angeles for the uh, for the primaries? Or are we pretty much looking at a similar situation to uh, to, uh, to well to the 2012 uh, primary election, for example? Uh, no changes in the uh, in the makeup of our of of how precincts and polling places are allocated. So, uh, d- just like in 2008 and 2012, we we you typically don't have huge problems with lines of the polls on election day because we have we're very densely populated and we have a lot of polling places. So, as you indicated, uh, in this election alone, over 4,600 um, precincts and um, and close to close to that many polling places. So uh, while you might see peak periods of time early in the morning or right after work where, where there are people uh, who, who show up in bulk to vote and because the voting booths have to be allocated by party in this particular election, you might see a, a slightly longer period of time also because we're expecting higher turnout in this election, but nothing like what you saw uh, in the Arizona primary and, and we have not had a reduction in polling places here. Uh, speaking with Dean Logan, L.A. County Registrar, Recorder, County Clerk. Dean, I saw an email today sent out by some pro-Bernie Sanders uh, folks uh, explaining, and this is the quote, quote, poll workers have been instructed to not ask if you want a crossover ballot. I believe they were talking about L.A. County. You must request it, and in some areas you may be asked to point to the ballot you want, I guess instead of asking uh, uh, by party uh, name so you don't give away your party preference out loud in the, in the polling place. So is it true? Are poll workers not instructed to ask uh, these uh, non-affiliated, no-party preference voters if they would like to vote in one of the uh, partisan uh, primaries for Bernie or Hillary and the Democratic side and, and so forth? No, that's that's absolutely not the case. In fact, um, we instruct our poll workers when they identify a voter who's no party preference to go over the options with them and then ask them to select which ballot they want. And in this case, a, a no party preference voter has an option of one of four ballots. They can vote the nonpartisan ballot. They can cross over and vote Democrat 
libertarian or American independent. And, um, and I'd be happy to, to send you the, the links to, to the specific areas of our, our training program that, that cover that if you, if you want to uh, add those on your site later. But um, we're very clear on that point. Uh, we had a, uh, I know that a lot of folks are calling in and we're, our time is short with the, uh, with the county clerk here, but uh, a, a caller who could not hold, uh, Barbara, uh, says that uh, she says that in a previous election, her vote-by-mail ballot didn't allow for a write-in vote. Has that been fixed uh, as far as allowing uh, allowing write-ins on a vote-by-mail ballot? Uh, yes, uh, the vote-by-mail ballots come with a write-in sleeve uh, that has the instructions for casting a write-in ballot. So it, it is actually part of the vote-by-mail packet. Uh, and again, it's covered in the instructions in the, in the vote-by-mail guide as well. Very good. And uh, as far as people checking their registration, uh, Dean, since we mentioned uh, concerns of people falling off the, the lists and so forth, uh, can you check both your uh, the, the validity of your registration to make sure you're still registered and the, the actual party that you are registered under uh, at the website at lavote.net? Is that the place to go? Yes, um, there are a number of options uh, or services available to voters on the website at lavote.net. One of those is verification of voter registration, and it will indicate to you which party you are, are registered with. You can also um, download or, or access a copy of your sample ballot uh, there as well. If you're a vote-by-mail voter, you can uh, check the status of your vote-by-mail ballot, make sure that it was, uh, that it was mailed out to you, and if you've voted it and returned it, uh, you can also uh, confirm that we received it back. Let me get a, uh, a quick uh, question from the phones. If you've got a, a question for Dean Logan, I don't know how long he can stay around. I know he's got to get going in just a few minutes. Uh, I'll try to answer your questions if he can't stick around. Our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to uh, Vicky in Manhattan Beach, who has a question for Dean Logan. Vicky, welcome to the broadcast. What's your question for Dean? Hi, thank you. Um, I have one simple question. When are vote-by-mail ballots counted? Uh, great. Thanks, Vicki, for the question. Uh, vote-by-mail ballots that are returned uh, up through Friday before the election are processed, and they are the first ballots that are counted on election night, and those are included in the returns that we release uh, just after the polls close at 8 o'clock. Those that are, are turned in at polling places or that are received after Friday before the election uh, will be processed during the, the post-election canvas period based on uh, the, the volume of returns. So we, we do uh, two updates a week in L.A. County, uh, uh, typically on uh, Wednesday and Friday of each week during the canvas period. So if I mail my, my uh, ballot in tomorrow, it will be the first counted? It will be in the first group to be counted, yes. Oh, okay, great. Thank you very much. Thanks. Appreciate the call, Vicki. Uh, let me see if I can get uh, another one in here. Uh, Linda in Pasadena, welcome to the broadcast. You have a question for L.A. County Registrar yes. Dean Logan. Yes, thank you so much for this. Sure. Um, my question is that do I've just been hearing the statistics. There's a, such an overwhelming almost half a million new voters, uh, 850,000 other ones, um, new voters uh, in Switching to the Democratic or switching parties and into the Democratic Party and new registrants, and you said that the voting booths are allocated per par- by party, by the parties, and I just wonder if the Democratic Party has allocated enough voting booths for this overwhelming uh, uh, surge of new voters who are coming in, especially the youth. 
Sure. Let me let me clarify that, that when I say they're allocated by party, I mean, they're allocated by our office. I mean, we, we set up the polling places, but there are specific booths um, that have the, the Democratic ballot in it versus the Republican or the other party ballot. So we have, we do... Uh, allocate the boost to the polling places based on the uh, statistics of how voters are registered in that precinct. So if you're in a, a precinct that has a higher rate of Democratic registration, uh, then there's likely to be uh, a higher rate, of, a higher number of, of booths for your party um, as opposed to those that have the lower percentage. So, so again, we do feel confident that that we have adequate um, equipment at each polling place. Uh, it is slightly different than our regular elections where you can go to any booth, you do have to go to the one designated for your party, so there might be a, a slightly longer period of time for that. One other thing, a lot of people in the last two weeks have changed their party preference because there were no party preference, and they've changed to Democratic Party. Uh, will those statistics be included in the allocation of the booths? Uh, they, they will. We will go back and check to see if there are any um, uh, spikes in a particular precinct that we need to adjust for. Uh, but by and large, we don't expect that, uh, again, we expect it to be proportionate, but we will look at those statistics and we should have those registrations processed um, here by, by mid to, to late next week. One last thing is about <laughs> the provisional ballots. The provisional ballots, if there's not, what if there are not enough um, switch, uh, crossover ballots for, say, the Democratic Party from no, no party preference? And they have to go, do they have to go to provisional or will they try to get ballots in there for the people to vote Democratic that day? No, we have we have emergency ballot supplies available, and we have those um, in regional distribution centers, basically supply trucks that are located throughout the county. So, if a precinct uh, is is running low on a particular ballot style uh, because of provisional ballots, uh, they're instructed to notify us about that, and then we will get uh, ballots out to them before the polls close. One last thing: the, How soon? Are oh man, she's good. <laughs> go, go ahead, Linda. Say it again. How soon are the provisional ballots counted? Those that have to go to provisional ballot. The provisional ballots are, are processed during the, the 28-day post-election canvas period. Uh, it, it really depends on the nature of the, the ballots. If we can, we, we first have to go through and um, give credit to the voters who voted in the, at the polling places, again, to make sure that we, we don't have people voting a provisional ballot at one place and voting their regular ballot in another place. So typically it is in the latter part of that 28-day canvas period. So it could be uh, as much as you know, 10 to 12 days after the election before those begin entering into the, the return. Thanks, Linda, for your four excellent questions that you got in there. Greatly appreciated. Dean Logan, I, I know I, I have to let you go here. Uh, and uh, before I do, I know that L.A. County is working on a new voting system entirely. And you and I have talked about it in the past. It's a, a touchscreen system that prints out paper ballots, as I understand it. As you know, I'm no fan. We can fight about that system at another time when we don't have an impending election. But how is that system uh, coming? When should voters expect to see it in use uh, for good or bad? Yeah, and, and, and I, I look forward to, to, to you getting a chance to, to see the, the prototypes and to talk with you more about it. Uh, the process is going very well. The design phase uh, that we have really invested a great deal of time and resources in um, is coming to a close actually at the end of this month, and we will, um, we will have five working prototypes of these uh, ballot marking devices uh, 
uh, oh. in June, and uh, we will begin uh, uh, doing some demonstrations of those and, and moving towards a, a procurement uh, strategy. So our intent right now is to offer those at um, early vote centers in, 20, in the 2018 election cycle, and those would be locations around the county where any voter could go to any location, uh, and then transition to a, a full deployment um, by the 2020 election. Oh, you just ran a, uh, a chill down my spine. I'm <laughs> quite concerned about that. We will bicker about it another day. You've always been quite gracious, however, with your time with me, uh, Dean Logan, and frankly, your attention to concerns that I've had to raise with you over the years, uh, including that time back in 2008. I uh, knew you were going to get this yes, one in there. Yes, <laughs> well, during that statewide primary when uh, the electronic computer-marked ballot marking device misprinted four of my 12 uh, votes that that year. Uh, but you paid great attention to it, but it, it's just another reason why we need to have hand-marked paper ballots in L.A. We'll fight about that another day. I want to thank you for your time today, Dean, uh, and wish you good luck on June 7th. I, I hope you won't mind if I uh, tweet out some questions or concerns to you between now and then and, and even afterwards. Happy to do so, and, and as you know, we have a, a very robust and active uh, social media uh, presence here in the office ourselves, and so, again, recognizing that this is a, a complicated election more than most, uh, we want to be sure that we're available to respond to voters, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. You bet. Uh, you can contact uh, the uh, Los Angeles County Registrar Recorder at lavote.net, and you can tweet Dean Logan at L.A. County R.R.C.C. That's at L.A. County R.R.C.C. Thanks for your time today, Dean. Greatly appreciated. Good luck. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. I know we got a lot of folks on the line, including Ashley Beck, uh, the woman who made that video out in Orange County. I'm going to try to get to uh, to her and to your calls and to more right here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. <laughs> Back to the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I tried to get to this uh, yesterday on the Bradcast. Uh, couldn't get to it, but the Hillary Clinton campaign has declined an invitation to debate Bernie Sanders uh, before the California debate. Uh, she is uh, close to getting the delegates that she needs to seal the nomination. Sanders says uh, he has a, a chance to pass her in pledge delegates, though he knows the uh, odds are long. Uh, but uh, they were going to debate out here in uh, before this race in uh, on June 7th in California. And um, Bernie Sanders says that uh, I was disturbed but not surprised that Secretary Clinton has backed out of the debate. I think it's a little bit insulting to the people of California, he said, our largest state, that she is not prepared to have a discussion with me about how she will help the Californians address the major crises that we face. Um, and uh, Fox News, uh, it was going to be on Fox News, actually. They also responded to Clinton's decision not to participate in the debate on Monday, uh, on early earlier this week, on Monday evening. 
And uh, their statement from Fox said, naturally, Fox News is disappointed that Senator, Senator Secretary Clinton has declined our debate invitation, especially given that the race is still contested and she had previously agreed to a final debate before the California primary. That's according to uh, Bill Salmon, VP at uh, at Fox News. Uh, Hillary Clinton was on uh, CNN on, I believe this was Sunday, with Andrew Cuomo. Here's what, here's what she had to say about all of this. So you get into the general election if you're the nominee for your party? I will be the nominee for my party, Chris. That, well, that, is, that is already done, in effect. There is no way that uh, I won't be. That's done. It's done. She will be the nominee. Did you hear that? No need to go vote for her, I guess, on June 7th. You can just stay home. She will be the nominee. It is done. She's not interested in debating. Uh, and uh, I guess no no need for uh, her voters to go out and support her, I guess. I find that kind of appalling and insulting myself for her to say that. Uh, and the idea that it is done is uh, somewhat... Uh, undermined by this uh, report today from AP. Hillary Clinton and her team ignored clear, clear guidance from the State Department that her email setup broke federal standards and could leave sensitive material vulnerable to hackers. This according to an independent audit uh, uh, from the uh, State Department uh, Office, uh, Inspector, Office of Inspectors General. Uh, it also revealed that hacking attempts forced then Secretary of, Clinton, uh, Secretary of State Clinton off email at one point in 2011. Earlier this month, Clinton declared that she was happy to talk to anybody anytime about the matter and would encourage her staff to do so. However, according to the age, uh, Inspector General's report, Clinton and several of her senior staff declined to be interviewed for the State Department investigation. And uh, there's more from AP on this. Uh, and before I get, yeah, I know, Ashley, I want to get to Ashley momentarily. Um, but I just want to point this out. This is from Think Progress, which I think it's fair to say has been pretty thoroughly in the Clinton camp throughout the primary and even well before it. Uh, it was Think Progress was created by uh, John uh, Podesta, used to be their uh, former chief. He worked in the uh, Bill Clinton administration. Now he serves as Hillary's campaign uh, chief. So with that in mind, they, too, are reporting today Hillary Clinton ran afoul of a federal record-keeping law meant to help government agencies be more transparent when she used a private email server to conduct official business, according to a new State Department compliance report given to lawmakers on Wednesday. Um, you can go into those details at Think Progress. Uh, it's unclear if any laws were actually broken, at least on her part. I don't believe she's going to be indicted, as I hear from many Bernie Sanders people, as I hear from Donald Trump uh, supporters. Um, but this is going to be an issue that comes up. It is going to be an issue that voters ought to keep in mind on June 7th. Uh, out here in California. All right, before we uh, before I run completely out of time, let me get to Ashley. Ashley Beck in Orange uh, County, California. She's the young lady who made that video uh, that I mentioned last uh, last week. I believe it came out. She was training to be a poll worker. She says that during her training, she was misinstructed concerning the types of ballots to give to uh, uh, unaffiliated voters who would like to vote in the Democratic primary. Uh, for Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. And uh, you heard my response from the uh, Orange County Registrar, uh, which I read as well. Uh, the response to that video actually surprises us and calls in from Orange County. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for calling in. 
Hi, Brad. Thank you for having me. Sure. Thanks. Thank you, by the way, for uh, volunteering to be a poll worker. It is greatly appreciated. I know we need them across the state. And and by the way, thanks for getting out word about your concern. That said, Ashley, did you hear my response uh, from Neil Kelly, the Orange County uh, Registrar of Voters, his response to your concerns that I read earlier? Because my father actually messaged me and told me that you guys, you were talking about me. And so I tuned in a little late. All right. We were, yeah, we were bad mouthing you behind your back, Ashley. Not really. The, the, what, basically, what Neil Kelly, the uh, registrar in Orange County, says, and I'll just read you the first paragraph uh, okay. uh, of his response. He said, thanks for the email. We're not entirely sure what to make of the video, your video, Ashley. As the day has progressed, we surveyed many poll workers in the class in question, as well as our trainer, and they have a very different view of the interaction of what happened. They said, however, in an abundance of caution, they have re-communicated the proper processes uh, so that that does not happen uh, in, in other classes and so forth. Um, are, are you satisfied with uh, Neil Kelly's response? Have you talked to him personally? Uh, are you satisfied? I haven't talked to him personally. Mm-hmm. I can say I am satisfied because I do have to say they have taken major steps in correcting this misinformation that um, I, I know was taught to us um, in that three-hour training class. So they have taken the steps. They sent out an email to all possibly affected poll workers that were trained with this misinformation. Um, I know they posted a YouTube video the day after Mine was posted to mm-hmm. YouTube um, about how to, um, you know, handle NPP voters, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, I was I specifically asked the question during class because I'm a huge Bernie Sanders supporter, and I know that there's going to be a lot of NPP voters voting for Bernie. And so I asked the question because I heard him say NPP always get provisional. So I raised my hand. I had my handbook open to the page with the, you know, the three different parties that are accepting voters, um, mm-hmm. NPP voters to vote for them. And I said, so, you know, you're saying that even these parties that are allowing no party preference voters to vote for them are to be given provisional ballots. And he said, yes, provisional ballots always. Well, and that was that. When that was my uh, question, as I was watching your video, Ashley Beck, it, you had stated, uh, you know, that the, yes, if they are if no party preference, they want to vote in the Democratic primary. The poll worker uh, trainer told you that a provisional ballot is supposed to be given instead of the crossover ballot. But right. I was wondering, uh, could you have misheard what he said? Since you're in Orange County, very Republican uh, uh, county, and in fact, well, hang on, if uh, they were a, a no-party preference voter and they wanted to vote in the Republican party primary if they insisted since the republican has a closed primary i think the proper response would be to give that person a provisional ballot if they insisted is it possible you misheard them um i don't think so because or maybe he misheard me when i asked my question because i know Mm. i was very specific in my question um about saying you know are you sure that all of these parties that are accepting npp voters to vote for them are to be given provisional ballots and Mm. His answer was yes, always provisional. So um, unless he misheard my question, you know, I was never trying to get anybody in trouble with making that video. It was all just, you know, to let the 
NPP voters here in Orange County aware of the fact mm-hmm. that that's how we were trained in that class. And I also have to say, in the, we were learning off of a slideshow, mm-hmm. and the slideshow didn't cover crossover ballots at all. I had mm-hmm. no idea what a crossover ballot was until after my class, uh, before I made mm. the video, I had called the Orange County Registrar of Voters Office, and the lady I spoke with explained to me what a crossover ballot was. Wow. And I asked her, okay, well, where can we find these ballots on June 7th if we're working the polls? Because yeah. they didn't cover these at all in our three-hour class at all. Well, I'm— so she- <laughs> I, no, and I'm glad you spoke up about it, uh, whether it was a miscommunication or not. It, I think it helps to get out the word. I think it helps for, for Neil Kelly, the uh, registrar out there, to uh, redouble their efforts. Uh, i got to get out. We're almost at the end of the show, Ashley, but very All quickly. Right, are, you, are you suggesting, I mean, do you believe there was foul play at work or was this just a, a, a mistake by the, by the trainer in Orange County? Um, at this point, you know, they've taken the proper steps. You know, handle it, and they've yeah. been very kind and stuff. So I just think it was—I mean, I just think it was an isolated event. I think it was the trainer that gotcha. had some misinformation. So um, yeah, but they've—they've they've definitely made the steps to correct it, and I'm grateful to them for that. And, and I'm grateful for uh, to you for calling in and for getting out the word. Thanks, Ashley. Good luck on right, June seventh, and and thanks for working as a, a poll worker. Do I have time? Let me get one more. If you can be really quick, Justin in Hollywood. Welcome to the broadcast. You got to be really fast, Justin. Thank you. I hope you have your guest on from the registrar's office in L.A. again. That was very informative. My question is, maybe you know the answer to this, um, whether or not for sure people who registered green and did not change to uh, no party affiliation, green or peace and freedom, they will not be able to have a crossover ballot and vote. Uh, Democratic. That is correct. If they are registered Green or Peace and Freedom, they cannot vote in the Democratic primary. They can only vote in the uh, Green Party primary. And if they're not registered as a Green uh, uh, Party member, they cannot vote in the Green Party primary. Uh, Let me just let everyone know, uh, last uh, last week on the broadcast, a few days ago, I interviewed Jill Stein, the uh, one of the candidates for the Green Party. Uh, Very interesting uh, uh, interview. Check it out at bradblog.com. You can download it there. Yes, go ahead. Um, I'm concerned about the, the complications of trying to do an accounting of all these processes that were explained today by your guest. In case there is a contest to the election results, it seems like this is a, um, you know, a, a paperwork nightmare. Hopefully they'll be able to keep uh, accurate records of all these processes that had to happen. Yep, it's um, really confusing. It's really confusing, really hard, and that's why uh, the people need to be able to oversee the system. You can go out to Norwalk out here in, in uh, Los Angeles and watch the counting and fight uh, to make sure they keep the paperwork straight. It's confusing. They've had problems in the past. Dean Logan's got a lot of experience, so I'm going to wish him well, and thank you, Justin. i got to get out. I appreciate your call, my friend. We'll talk more about it uh in the days ahead, before we get to June 7, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our uh, to the L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk, Dean Logan, and my thanks to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of this program, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can tweet me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at thebradblog, hashtag bradcast, and drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. That's it. Until we meet again. Oh, well, I'm, I'm off for a day or two. We got a guest coming in, guest host coming in. In any event, until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.